Well, let's let's face it. Let's have it right. My business survives because I've got mental health issues. From GoFounder, it's Business Knobs. Why is it called Business Knobs, you might ask? Well, there might well be a few knobs on the podcast, me being one of them. But what it stands for is Business No Bullshit. This podcast series is all about the trials, tribulations and occasional successes of starting and growing a business without the Hollywood filter. I'm Eddie Whittingham and on the show today, Jordan and I talk openly about the challenges of starting and running a business as well as the challenge of managing your mental health along the journey. There's no denying that starting and growing a business is tough. It's something a lot of people are driven to for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's because you want a new challenge, a change of lifestyle, to regain control of your future or perhaps just to prove you can do it. But starting and running a business whilst managing your own mental health is a tricky balance. There's self-doubt, imposter syndrome and stress to deal with, and that's just the start of it. That said, being your own boss can have a positive impact on your mental health too. It's shit. It's, uh, it's proper shit. There's no there's no way around it. It's, it's Potentially, me running a business, I'm a car crash waiting to happen. Like, honestly, like, there's no, there's no it, doubt about it. Like... I could turn around tomorrow and go, that's it, I fucking had enough. Yeah, just fucking pack up all the back. Forget everything, come off all social media and you never see me again. Jordan is one of those people. He's only eight months into his startup journey, but after more jobs than he can count and being diagnosed with bipolar, Jordan has harnessed his diagnosis for good and already developed the foundations of his startup. But much like most startups, there's so much more going on behind the scenes than most people will ever really appreciate. So, like I said, stigma really was for me was a bit of a last ditch thing. It was um, I was a barber during COVID, had my own shop, um, and it was constantly you're allowed to work, you're not allowed to work, you can work, you can't work. It was it was a nightmare. And then every time we kind of got rules back in place, saying you know this was going to be the structure of how everybody was going to work again. It was a case of barbers being in like the hospitality industry as such would, yeah. was was the last ones to be allowed to go back. Because, I mean, obviously, you, your hands on where you, you're physically touching people, aren't you, you know? So um, it was a case of, you know, we were allowed to do that, then we're not, then we are, then we're not. Um, and I just got fucking fed up with it, to be honest with you. Um, well, it makes it kind of hard to plan, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> trying it, to run a business. It just got bored. And then... Um, my business hadn't been going all that long, so I couldn't claim furlough. Right. Um, so um, self-employed, couldn't claim furlough. Didn't have any savings because I just worked from pay packet to pay packet. You know, yeah. And I got paid and stuff. Um, so, and, and then it was a nightmare because we went through a stage of like, um, even not being able to claim, like people got council tax grants and stuff yep. like that and we couldn't get anything, you know. Um, and um, I ended up, I ended up running a lot of debt up, debt yep. up over COVID. Um, and that for me was, it was mentally tough, didn't know what to do. Um, before, back end of last year, I was, I had knocking on my door, didn't know, debt collectors trying to, you know, utility bills not being paid and stuff. And um, yeah, it was just a time where really, I, I didn't know what to do myself. I, I, through the whole of lockdown, I'd 
one of the biggest things that I'd, I'd started doing was I started messing around on like Adobe Photoshop and stuff. And, you know, I'd always had, always had since being a young lad, really being a teenager at school and stuff, we, me and my mates always used to mess around on Photoshop and make stuff, MySpace, Pixel, you know, all that sort yeah. of stuff, trying to make yourself like a G on MySpace and stuff. Yeah. And um, I just started like, you know, throwing stuff together and watching YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. And, and then I, it come to like the back end of lockdown. I think it was the second lockdown because the second and third lockdown were quite close together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the second lockdown and I was like, right, you know what? I'm going to come up with this idea and I'm going to call it the wellbeing barber because obviously we'll talk later on a bit more about mental health and things like that. But obviously I'm quite big into being an advocate for mental health as well, at least, you know, letting people know what I go through. Um, and I, I, I was going to call this thing the well-being barber, and the idea was that I was going to go into workplaces and do well-being sessions or well-being days where I cut, cut lads hair, basically. Yep. Um, and it was just a bit of um, a time time off where, you know, employers could pay for a barber to come in, you know, give their employees a bit Good of ideas, a Because they, they do similar, don't they, like with um, massages and stuff yeah, like absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, you know, and, and I had this plan and and to do this and stuff. And then second lockdown, it was like getting it all ready. And I'd even booked my first gig in like for it. And I thought, all right, it's going to, you know, be all right, this. Um, and then third lockdown, it straight after it, pretty much. And I was like, I can't be fucking asked. I just cannot be bothered with it at all. I was like, do you know what? I'm just fed up of it. So I'm, you know, out there not knowing what to do, not a clue what to do. Um, and I don't know what came over me because I've no, I've no like background in fashion. I've no, and you know, I didn't go to uni to do it. A lot of people do like fashion degrees and fashion design and stuff like that. But um, I just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to start making clothing and I'm going to come up with a name and, and I'm going to aim it around mental health and stuff and, and just see where it takes me, really. And it was um, it was originally going to be called Disorder, but then a very well known businessman who uh, owns a, a North East Football Club owns Disorder Clothing, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Shit on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm not getting into bed with that one. No, you know? um, not worth the hassle. Yeah, and uh, I I was like, right, I'm just gonna come up with your name, pissing around on on Photoshop like I did. I was like, sent it to a. I was I was cutting a young lad's hair at. at at the time, uh, he was only like 18. I thought he's a good lad to like, you know, be in with kids and stuff. And yeah. I thought, I just kept sending him, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I sent him this logo of stigma and he went, yeah, that's sick. I like that. And I thought, right, well, that's that's what it's going to come from. I'm just going to start it, stigma clothing. And I didn't have a clue. Like, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like, not a clue. So far, I'm just going to make this logo. Well, on, where do I buy clothing from? You know, because obviously I work in a manufacturer clothing, start off with... Um, where do I buy clothing from? So I got in touch with a local business, um, and they'd allow me to do print on demand. Um, they would supply the garments for me. They would print it all. They would send it out. They would, you know, this that and the other. And I thought, all right, let's let's try and vamp up some custom on through LinkedIn, um, which is also a bit of a weird subject because you know there's not many people who sell um to consumer through having a product on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um. And I would say that seventy five percent of our sales come through LinkedIn, you know, which compared to most people when they say Instagram works massively. And That's stuff. really interesting. So why did you? What made you go? Fuck okay, it, we'll try LinkedIn. Um, was it a conscious thing, or was it 
Like, did it happen organically or? Straight up off the bat was, um, I'd fucked all over social media sites off. Do you know what? I'd, I'd, um, I was going through a bit of a bad stage in my head and social media wasn't helping. And I decided that um, I was going to come off everything and I came off Facebook. Well, kudos for that, because I honestly think people who struggle, I think one of the best things you can do is come off social yeah. media. Which I, I, you know, I back that up. It was a good decision yeah. for me to do. And I'm still not back on, I don't have personal profiles on Facebook yeah. um, or Instagram. I have a business, I have business profiles, obviously, but yep. I do have Twitter, but obviously it's only to follow the football and stuff on a Saturday. And, <laughs> and when, when Preston Orfenga and Amarin, it's, you know, like looking at all fans going to meltdown and stuff. Yeah. It's quite funny. And you join them. Yeah, yeah, join them, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and, and, and I come off so real, it, it, people ask me why LinkedIn. It was because, and I, I wasn't even on LinkedIn. So I joined LinkedIn. And the reason why I joined LinkedIn was because I thought, well, you know, I, I thought it was a business platform. I yeah. thought, you know what, if it doesn't work out this, I can try and find a job for LinkedIn or I can, because I was sick of like looking at obviously job sites and stuff and it was a bit of a ball ache. So I went on LinkedIn, um, just started telling my story really. And, and, and now, this was probably October, November last year. Um, so we're coming up a year really. Um, and... I didn't know at that time that a lot of people have said since that LinkedIn was making this transition from being a really businessy yeah. sort of social. I just fucking started being myself, you know. And people obviously come out with a joke, oh, it's not Facebook and stuff. I was like, but this is all I've known on LinkedIn because I've not known any, I've not seen how it used to be and stuff. So I just started like chatting a lot of macro on there like I do. And uh, before, I, I think what happened was I posted. Uh, the the big thing was me. So I, I just started stigma, or it was just before I started stigma, and I posted something, um, and I ended up getting a million views on the posts on yeah. LinkedIn, and I was like, I've never ever fucking done anything like that. It, it got it's crazy reach, isn't it? it? Well, yes, really. And I thought, wow, a million people have seen something that I've wrote, and then I think my my following went from like two or three hundred to probably, you know. Two or three thousand, which wasn't massive, but, no, but it, off one post, yeah, it one is, isn't post, it? Yeah, so it was quite a big jump. Um, and ever since then, I've just been okay, you know, let's just rock with it, let's try and build up a, um, a family really on LinkedIn that are unapologetically different and don't really care about, uh, well, do care, obviously. I mean, I do care, I say I don't care about stuff, but I do, no, um, but care about the right things, yeah. Because I think that's the difference, isn't it? Because a lot of mental health comes from caring about the wrong things yeah, a lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, and and then built up this like it was like I said, just building up this like dysfunctional family really of people who didn't didn't really um, didn't. When I say don't care, I mean like weren't afraid to go. Do you know what this is me and this is who I am and yeah, be and unapologetically themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah, really. Um. And that's who I am, off straight off the bat, you know. And and don't get me wrong, there are times with with my mental health diagnosis diagnosis that I have times where I'm unapologetically myself, and I think, yeah, fuck the world, and you know, I'm gonna take the world by storm. And the next day, I think, oh, why the fuck did I do that? You know, yeah, like, yeah. And and I can't really deal with my not even like my, my behavior, but I was like, oh, I wish I, could, I wish I weren't like that yesterday. And that's how my life goes, really. Like, I wake up every morning and I, for the first hour, 
I don't know who I'm going to be. Right. You know, I, I don't I don't know who I'm going to be. I don't know if if I'm going to be on song and I'm going to try and take over the world and I'm going to be so creative and I'm going to be like just bang at it. And some days I'll get up, you know, make a brew, go back to bed, yeah, and slime bed all day. Yeah, that's so even like joking aside, but coming here today could have gone either way, couldn't it? Presumably. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd been uh, fucking shitting it, you know, like right. absolutely bricking it. You know, I chatted to you yesterday, I sent you a message. Um, this is only the second time in eight months that I've met somebody face to face because my social anxiety becomes so bad over COVID. Um, that I'm at times I'm petrified to leave my house. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point to have a look into. And so obviously we know, know a little bit about stigma. So that's closely attached to A, people being unapologetic of themselves, but also hopefully a positive message around mental health. Yeah. So can you talk about sort of mental health issues that you suffer with? Yeah, so I'm, I'm diagnosed with bipolar disorder type 2. Yeah. Um, and I've got ADHD and I'm dyslexic, which isn't a mental health issue, but it can kind of all, it's all on kind of a, a neurodiverse spectrum, yep. which... Um, wait, wait, which with a cocktail of everything that you and to be honest with you, um, I've had I've had a, a mental health consultant diagnose me with borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Um. Although I'm, we have had discussions around me kind of being, um, quite objective to that diagnosis because, um, the actual diagnosis session and stuff. Didn't go great. I mean, like, prime example, like, because this is one of the worst things is you wait 18 months for these things, like, especially under NHS. So actually, from starting that process to the end, you're going to change, good or bad. You know, Yeah. it's one of the biggest things is like, you know, and I don't hold any grudge over the NHS and like the government not doing enough or whatever. And I mean, because these these issues at the moment are so complex and so wide stretch that, I don't know what the fucking answer is. You know? uh, I, and I don't. All I know is we need to be doing better, don't yeah. we? Because in, interestingly, Dan Kelso and I, we did episode right at the start mm. of this series, actually, about mental health. And one of the big complaints he had with the system was the fact it takes as long as it does. Like you say, I am not going to sit here with the answers because no. I sure as hell don't have any because I'm just a daft lad from Scunny. But the problem is it's too slow, in it? And, uh, and the generation coming behind us are gonna have more problems i think than even our generation so and that's like i said because i know um general process is that you go and see your gp and your gp will at first value nine times out of ten put you on an antidepressant um in terms of medication that i've been on i've been on sertraline citalopram um diazepam uh, venlafaxine um fluoxetine um, been on a, a wide variety of different medications, uh, so they will put you on some kind of so, some of which your doctor can prescribe, uh, like sertraline and citalopram. Yeah. Um, but then there's a more more complex medication which you will have to see a mental health consultant for to get prescribed, like um, like venlafaxine, which was uh, an S, a SNRI rather than an SSRI, which again uh, was this was prescribed for me by my consultant. Um, but you go and see GP, they put you on it, you know, you go and have maybe a, a session with them again, so, you know, how, how you're feeling off them and stuff. Either you're going to be there or you're not, but I'm being honest with you, these things take months to work properly, um, in my experience anyway. And and then really, you know, 
even if they are the artwork and it's kind of a take your time, you know, see how they work, blah, blah, blah. Um, and only when, you, and being in this position myself, only when you turn around and say, I'm going to kill myself, or I'm thinking about killing myself, will, will the, you know, the ears prick up a little bit. And um, once I said, I remember sitting in, in uh, my GP's um, surgery and he was sat there with me and I just burst into tears and he was really concerned for me. You could tell he was really concerned for me. And I was in the surgery in the morning and in the afternoon I was, uh, I had a meeting with the um, the Preston Men Mental Health Crisis Team. Yep. Um, so I had a, a meeting with the crisis team. They sat me down. I think that was on the Friday um, and on the Saturday they wanted me to go and... Um, do like a they do like a a consultation with you basically where they get you to map out your, your whole life really and, and a guy sits there and writes it down um with no real like input on it he doesn't he doesn't he's not trying to there to make you feel better he's not there no, to just like, just absorbing the information yeah, absolutely just document everything really yeah. and I remember God bless him my um my nan took me you know cause I was I went no state to drive or anything yeah. like that and. Uh, my nan took me down and she was so worried about me at the time. And yeah, we sat there and we, we did the whole like panned out my life on a piece of paper type thing. And I was like, right, okay, maybe I'm getting some help now. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe this is going to be it. And he went back and it was a case of we, we did that. I, I then saw a consultant and then I was put on a waiting list to get a diagnosis. Like I said, 18 months. Um, cause it, cause for me it wasn't like at that stage in my time in my life. I I feel like personally for me, I was going through what I would call a situational depression yep. because something had happened in my life where I'd I'd broke up with my partner and I was going through a situational depression and and I think this can happen. Yeah, so that triggered opinion. it. Yeah, so it was a case of something was happening in my life which was shit basically. Yeah. And when I think now logically about that, I sit here and I go, well, actually, it's perfectly understandable that you was feeling shit. Yeah. The problem that I had was in the lead up to my breakup with my ex-partner, um, I was a mess, like a real mess. You know, I was like taking drugs big a lot. I was um, drinking a lot. I was, I, I refused to go to work get up out of bed you know and my life was just a mess and and I kept feeling so low but then at the same time having days where I know I'm big into gym I go to gym every day right and I was you know put five stone on now <laughs> but I was at the, I was in gym every day and, and I used to love going to the gym and I was like and I was so high like a buzzing absolutely yeah. all the time buzzing and then come home and be dead in bed and just not want to get out of bed and this that and the other and and that, that was my mood. Yeah, so all up the time. and down. Fluctuating all the time. Um, so even though I feel like a big part of that was a situational after the breakup, there was something that was underlying that I'd had since I'd been a little lad, to be honest with you, um, through situations that had, had kind of come about in my, in my childhood and, and stuff. And yeah, waited 18 months. They put me on different medications and stuff and then finally got my my appointment with my cons the consultant. Um and he sat down and 
I, I would say that when you do get those appointments, the guys who um, diagnose you are, are fantastic. Like, this. you know, he wanted my life story again, but he didn't want me to dramatize or or he didn't want any added explanation onto anything. It was like, um, tell me about your childhood. So you tell me about your childhood, and then you might veer off the story a little bit and go, but I don't know if that's because he didn't want to know. It was like, it shut you down. He was right. like, I just need the answer. Okay. I need the answer. I don't need to know the ins and outs. I need the answer. And all the time he was doing this, it was like he was drawing a, uh, like a, a tree almost. Like, and he was like, every time he answered something, he'd like draw another line this way or draw another line that way. And um, he was like, right, okay. At the end of that session, we had, he called me back two weeks later, we had another session. And he just said, uh, diagnosed you with bipolar disorder type two and it was all from that and he put he, he then showed me this paper that he'd been doing and, and he and he and again there's different types of bipolar and stuff but he, he he spoke to me about how you know what he was doing when he was drawing this line or that line and which way we were going down and da 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 da, da. um and then yeah and then <laughs> so i was diagnosed with that and i was like right okay maybe i've got some answers maybe i can at least you know, justify some of the stuff that goes on with myself. I can learn more about bipolar and what it is, and and maybe why I act the way I act or who I am. Um, Has it helped you figure that out then, the actual diagnosis? Um, for a while it did. Right. Um, for a while it did. Um, I never actually. They, they wanted to put me on a, um, a medication called lamotrigine. Um, which actually, believe it or not, is taken for people who have um, epilepsy. Right. I don't know what the link is, but um, apparently that's to stabilise your moods because obviously bipolar is rapid mood swings, really. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to put me on something Lamotrigine, but I was on a, a drug called uh, venlafaxine, um, which was working okay at the time, so we decided that I was going to stay in the venlafaxine rather than... Because one of the other biggest things was was my anxiety as well, which is horrible at times. And um, I'd say, I'd say at times my anxiety is worse than my, my depression, or it makes me feel worse than, than de- depression. But again, it, you know, I don't really it depends what day, presumably. Yeah, and I don't really look at things now as it, I don't really look at things in my own head as like I've got I've got anxiety and I've got depression, yeah. like I've got bipolar, and that's all part of it. It's all on the spectrum, so. Um, it's just that some days I'm I'm up here and on some days I'm down here and there's no in between. There really isn't. And if you do get an in between, it's very you know it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Um, How's that all affected actually having the business and running the business? Is it? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's shit. It's shit. It's, uh, it's proper shit. There's no there's no way around it. It's. it's Essentially, me running a business, I'm a car crash waiting to happen. Like, honestly, like there's no, there's no it, that about it. Like I could turn around tomorrow and go, "That's it, I fucking had enough." Yeah, Even just fucking pack up all the back up, up yeah. everything, forget everything, come off all social media, and you never see me again. Because I can, I can do that stuff. So buy the stuff while you can. Is yeah, that- yeah, buy the stuff, buy the stuff while you can. And, just uh, the sales, that yeah, <laughs> scarcity. You know, by the time the podcast goes, <laughs> yeah. nobody might know me. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, when I, one of the reasons that I've not done that yet, and believe you me, I've been close to doing it. I've also achieved a lot. I've also come a long way. I was speaking with a friend of mine last night, and uh, 
he runs an e-commerce business and he said to me, uh, our salesman, we always do this, one of us pops up and it usually means that one of us is having a shit time with sales. Because, it, typically, because yeah. I have those conversations with people. And <laughs> invariably, it's because one of you is having a nightmare yeah. and you need some justification yeah. to carry on. Yeah. And every time he messages me, he says, our sales mate, and I go, the shit mate. And he go, and I go, our sales mate, the shit mate. You know? yeah. And we never once like, oh, yeah, the class. Hey, genuinely, sometimes they are doing class, but... Um, yeah, but do you know what's really interesting about the startup journey, I think? Yeah. Very, you very rarely celebrate the, the good stuff, and it's really bad because you focus so much on the shit. You don't celebrate the good, and that's stupid, isn't it? It is. I've not taken a penny from Stigma. Yet. Not uh, paid myself a penny. Eight months in, not paid myself a penny. Um, but because, but bear in mind again, when I told you at the very start, I was in a lot of debt. Yep. I'm debt free, which is wow, huge, amazing. Yeah. You know? um, but in terms of me, like actually. Yeah, reaping yeah. Your rewards for it almost. Not even like, you know, but I'm very lucky to have a really supporting partner who, um, you know, last week we, I was having one of them weeks where I didn't want to carry on. I was really, really close last week to, to just giving it up and just going, I can't do this anymore. And I even had a few days off social media, which again, was the first time in probably eight months I've done that. Um, and she just said one thing to me and she went, I don't want you to give it up because you've done so well with it. Yeah. And it actually went, it resonated with me a little bit to say, do you know what, it was nice to hear that. Um, and again, start businesses, like, right, back background from me, school-wise, like, my GCSE spelt fudge, like, I have <laughs> no qualifications whatsoever. I must hold the world record for an under-30-year-old for the amount of jobs held. Like, I'm not, you name it, I've done it, like... From school, worked on a butcher's wagon, first job, then upholstery, marketing, timber yard, Curry's PC world, worked in three hospitals, you know, and people go, oh, fucking hell, like, you've, you've had a lot of jobs, haven't you? And I go, yes. And they go, it doesn't look good on your CV, really, that does it? And I go, no, not really, but at the same time, I'm not afraid to just try something new because... That is that is the way I'm really you not know, like you know. There's a very good chance that I might want to give up after two or three weeks. But when I think, it, I think that hopefully the difference this time though is well, there's two trains of thoughts. What I'm going to say, yeah. first one being, hopefully you can kind of see that this one though looks to be going on a better path. Because oh yeah, for sure. You know, you, I mean, when when you actually look at the fact, I mean. We're not breaking any world records. No, no, but you don't need to. This no. is the thing that people go wrong in business. Yeah. The pe people think you've got to be the next Uber or the Facebook. Fuck, fuck that. You yeah. just need to be slow and steady, slow and steady, and keep getting better. That's it. And that's exactly what we are, really. We are slow and steady. We keep getting better. We go through we go through periods where, you know, some ways orders fly out. Yeah. And I think, can I look only every day like this, you know. I won't be able to cope with it, like, but if, <laughs> if only every day was like this, and then I go for a week where... Yeah, you wonder where the next sales. one's going to yeah. come from, mate. And that, again, is perfectly normal. Yeah. But I think the thing you mentioned there was your, your missus just having that gentle word to say, keep going, because, you, you know, she's proud of you, ultimately. Yeah. I think the hardest thing when you're running business, particularly given what you do, and it's a, it's a clothing brand that represents something, is you probably might not hear as much feedback from your customers as probably would be helpful. So it's different. I was selling that online training. I'm never going to get someone going, thanks for the online training, pal, because obviously they don't want to fucking do it. But 
but you probably don't appreciate how much people appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Because it doesn't ever come back to you because you post it out, they get it, they love it, they wear it. I mean, and they have, might post, they might tag you in it or whatever, but you don't really I think we see have it. A, we do have a, we have a trust pilot page, you know, and yeah. like, it sends out an automatic, you probably have one. Uh, I don't know if I've had it yet, actually. <laughs> I'd have done I it by it sends now. it out two weeks after you oh, right, had yeah. your order. Um, it automatically sends out, you know, we reviewers and stuff, yeah. And yeah, I think we're on about 108 reviews and we've had a lot more than decent. orders, you know, but That's uh, it's quite funny. We've got two bad reviews on it. One of them's like, one star you click and it was like excellent workmanship someone's like misclick this oh, and i can't change it because i've tried messaging trustpilot yeah. it's like no because you asked them to leave the review we have to leave it like i was like all right okay whatever um and then the other one is which is one of my biggest fucking issues in e-commerce is uh, they didn't get the item but it was because of the, the courier, courier not company. for you yeah but again as i put in the i think i put in back in the response you know there's still you still have to take responsibility to making sure that orders got there and unfortunately just slipped through the net and that's going to be, you know, you're not going to please everyone. No, no, that's I've, it. I spoke to her, you know, and she's she's fine. She's like, oh yeah, I just didn't know what else to do. It's like, oh, cheers. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you just fucked a small business. <laughs> I think that's another good point though, isn't it? It's like people don't understand the power of reviews that can be good and bad and for a small business, it can fuck you. So yeah. think twice before you're negative because I see it all the time. Like, I don't know. It might be like a local Facebook group where they're slating the local curry house or something. It's like, give them a fucking break. Just go and have a word with them and yeah. resolve it with them before you jump to that public sort of platform. Yeah, because we, you know, ultimately we, we are a small business, you know. And, make, and people make mistakes as yeah, well. Absolutely. I can make more mistakes than anybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, looking again at when I remember we first started, um, what with the company we was using when I said they were kind of like it was almost like drop shipping for us. Yeah. yeah. Um it was a case of we was using them and you know, there were little things going wrong and yeah, stuff. You're beholden to their mistakes there, yeah, aren't yeah. you? So then I was like, right, I'm gonna take all this in house. Never done any of that. I'd never done any of that, but I was gonna How hard can it be? How hard can it be? So <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I was working at this point and I still am at times I won't, I won't lie I was working at this point where I was like a 300 quid in business account you know and I was like right I need to get some equipment spend your 300 quid you back down to zero and you think oh, fuck, I'm gonna, I can't even afford to buy clothes if someone makes an order now you know and then uh, one of the biggest things I will say by the way that w- w- helped me out tenfold with um, was after about three months of because I run the the stigma store through Shopify. Yeah, yeah. Um, they offered me Shopify capsule and they gave me a three and a half thousand pound loan, basically, which was fucking so helpful at the time. And for that reason, I will never ever. People have gone, why don't you use this or why don't you use that? And I go, no, because well, bear in mind, first and foremost, I'm and and, and actually the the Shopify capital loan that they give me for three and a half thousand pound was actually a really reasonable like paying back, you know, yeah. APR and stuff like that. I think it was basically, they took they took 14% of your daily earnings until you paid it back. Um, and then there was like a, I think, I think it was 10% on top or something like that. Yeah. But for that time, it was like... Yeah, for what you needed. It was perfect, you know. And Well, that's because most businesses... Particularly, I mean, you're still in your first year. Yeah. You're going to have these massive problems with cash flow. We did. I've got a screenshot on my phone. I'll have to look at the data to tell you when it was, but I screenshot my phone of like 
ten pound ninety or something daft in the business bank account. Yeah, yeah. Had a fucking employee at that point. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But it just got to the point where we had a big project on that we had to shell out loads of money for. We hadn't been paid yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I used to speak to my brother every day on like when I was driving into the office and he was driving to work and we'd have a car and he'd be like, How are you getting home? I'd be like, I've got about ten pound ninety in the fucking business account. He's like, is that that's not a good thing, is it? I was like, no, it's fucking not. I was like, but I think I, I should get, someone should pay me the money they owe me next week and that'll sort it because it's like, you know, maybe a, quite a chunky payment yeah, yeah. and then we'd be good for another few months. But there's bits in the middle, in it, where you're shitting oh, your yeah, pants. I mean, like, but got... that's normal. Like, it is normal. It's horrible. With, with the Shopify payouts, you wait three days for them. Yeah. So you're like... Please, no one make an order. You wait You wait three days for them and um, if, you, if they pay on a Friday, you don't get it till like Tuesday. Yeah. So you're like, fucking hell, I'm desperate for some money. Like, you know, I have no money in my bank. Jam box, sandwiches. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even that. Um, so, yeah, we we laugh about stuff like that. Because oh, I think, fucking hell, like, you know, if something happens now, that's it. Business is gone. Do you know what? Yeah. Like, if, if a bill comes in now or whatever, and I'm, the, I'm screwed. This is it, right? People really romanticise having a small business. And they also... No, maybe not overly common. I hope not. But people sometimes have a begrudge people success. I think, or they, th- or they sometimes think, oh, starting a business is easy, and it's like, no, fuck off, because it literally can take one bad day, one bad week, and the whole business can go to shit. Yeah, that's the reality of it, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, but there's this over glamorization of how easy it is, or you follow this blueprint, or this bloody mm. success plan, or some other cock and bull of how to get there. But the truth is, it's a grind. It's, it's hard work. So yeah, so. So I got that and I was like, right. So I went out and bought a couple of heat presses like online, brought them in, turned my spare room into, well, I say my spare room, it's like, a, honestly, it's, it's tiny. Um, so I turned this like spare room into, into my office as such, or yeah. Stigma HQ. Yeah. And uh, it's funny when you walk in now, because you've got like, you've got some racking and, and that's got like... S- bits of stock on and stuff and then you've got meat presses and then my desk and then like we've got all washing in corner <laughs> we live in a top floor apartment with like no windows <laughs> and um it it and so i bought that and then i was like right okay bought heat presses now i need to buy the transfers like where do i buy the transfers from so i'm sourcing these transfers and then bought them Started putting these transfers on, thinking, right, we'll give it a try, press them down, burning garments. Yeah, you know, dog shit, I bet. Absolutely yeah, shit, yeah. right? So then I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So then we kind of cracked it. And then, like, two weeks later, like, all, all stuff's peeling off. You know, like, all, all stigma stuff's peeling off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And I think at that point in time, we'd done, we'd done like, quite a few orders, you know? And I was, I was shitting it. I was like, oh. If I've got to refund all of these or replace all of these, I'm gonna, you know, and now, you know, we've come to a stage where I ended up buying a, I bought another vinyl cutter plotter uh, and now we, we, we make all our own transfers for your vinyl and stuff. And the, the vinyl that we use now and the t-shirts will outlast a t-shirt, yeah. you know. Um, it's all a learning game, yeah. isn't it, mate? Every day. And I'm so thankful to the people at that point in time who yeah, stuck understood, understood that, you know, like, because... Like I said, if we'd have had 100 people turn around and got a lot of money, like... Yeah. Do you know what, though? Every business has those early adopters. Yeah. Like, I look back and I think the shit I was selling, even though I want, it want, it was like, I've said it a few times, my first customer was like 15, 10, 15 quid a month. Yeah. But the product that I was giving them was absolutely toilet. <laughs> but they're still stuck by it. And I just yeah. think, God, kudos to them. Like, the early adopters of any business, it's like amazing. And like you say, 
credit to them because if they'd have if they'd have all come at the same time, that could have just killed it straight away, yeah, couldn't yeah. it? And, it, and you wouldn't be where you are now, which had been an absolute travesty, really. And some of the uh, some of the people who, because what what I did was try and drum up some some like um, so I'm looking for some kind of atmosphere before I started stigma. Yeah. So like I was trying to drum it up a little bit, so, and then we're gonna go all right, bang, we're live. Yep. Let's see what happens. So I was trying to do that. And um, one of the things that I did during this, this second lockdown was I was feeling shit. And I was like, I'm going to start a WhatsApp group for people on LinkedIn. Anybody can join it. And it's just a well-being WhatsApp group. And it was for people who were maybe on their own or struggling or whatever. And I did have started this WhatsApp group. And there were probably 20, 30 people joined it. And um, I still speak to them people daily, yeah. you know. And um, we're all a bunch of misfits, all of us, you know. And we... You know, but when I started Stigma, those guys were my absolute core of what what we got going. And one of the guys, which I'll never forget, placed an order in the first week for six hundred quid. Wow. You know, and I was like, when you when you when you're talking six hundred pounds worth of clothing, it's a lot of clothing, especially Absolutely, when you're selling yeah. twenty thirty quid t shirts, you know, hoodies and stuff. Um, so six hundred pounds. I was like, oh, is this mistake? Like, you know, and he's like, no. And he he'd basically bought it for a charity. So he was going to buy it. He Love bought that. it all and passed it on to Sherry. And I'll never, ever forget that. You know, he's, and I speak to the guy weekly, um, if not daily, uh, sometimes. Um, and he's still, you know, he, he, he to this day, because it didn't stop at that. He was like, next month we bought another like 300 quid's worth of stuff. And then next month it was 200. And he is still now, to, our, to this day, the biggest customer we have. He spent the most money yeah. with us. Um, along with another guy who I met through LinkedIn who was... Um, I'll give him a shout out because I love it. He's called Tom, Thomas Woodhams. And um, he has he probably has the biggest stigma collection going. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's not he's not necessarily spent the most money, so I've told him to pull his finger out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but in terms of like, because he... has got uh, all the merch. Oh, he's, he's, he <laughs> took a picture of it. It's like a walking, talking like, brand. Everything's yeah. stigma. I think his mates take me out with me at work now. Because like, every time a parcel turns up, stigma, stigma yeah. top or something, but, but that joke is kind of what you're tapping into and it? it's like people who want to be part of something because yeah. it's because sta- it stands for something yeah. as well and 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 thomas has adhd yeah uh, like i do and uh, we laugh all the time because we, we we have a good crack because i bring something new out and the first person i see is thomas yeah because yeah. like, he can't help himself you know like we we laugh and you go <laughs> we sometimes set up phone and give it like um if I'm skinned next week, I bring some out. We buy it. It's like, yeah, it's all mate. No worries. Don't worry about it. We'll sort it out. So, and then he'll message me, "How you doing?" I go, "I'm oh, shit, mate. I'm, I'm skinned. I'm have to bring something out." So you buy it, like you know. And uh, we have a good crack like that. But he's he's genuinely he's got a great you know great art, and he he supports me. Yeah, you know, and it's it's fantastic. In terms of your business and how that has affected, because we we just talked about how running a business with mental health problems is a challenge. Yeah. Are there any pluses that it's had oh, though yeah. in terms of having a business for your mental health? Well, let's let's face it, let's have it right. My business survives because I've got mental health issues because we, it's, basi- it's basically, you know, stigma is. Now, this is one of the things that I've, I've walked away from a little bit. Stigma is not just around mental health. Stigma, yeah. stigma exists in all sorts of walks of life, whether that be sexuality, gender, disability, you know, mental state or whatever, 
but it can it can exist in all sorts of walks of life, and that's what we are basing stigma around now. Yeah. When I first it's just got, like your experience yeah, of that is the is mental is, health, yeah. you know, um, and we have you know we have spoken with people who um, have have done little bits for us in terms of like getting over a message in terms of stigma with like race. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done ones with like obviously sexual orientations and gender and stuff and. Um, for me, I, you know, like, I'm just the type of person where I, I couldn't give a shit who you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not, I just, I can't get in my head how people can, like, hate another person because of the colour of their skin. Completely agree, yeah. Or I can't, or their sexuality. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? Like, I really couldn't give a shit. Like, it's, I just don't get it. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense in my head whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So we we're doing a lot more around other things as well as mental health. Yeah. I think it will always come back to mental health because of the fact that obviously, I suppose it's so entrenched in your story. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. You know, um, and one of the talking about again startup businesses, um, one of the hardest things that personally I come across now is the fact that you know everyone talks about building a personal brand. And this, that, yeah. That, you know, something that I have done and I have worked on building this personal brand on LinkedIn. I wish I fucking not now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes I just turn around and go. It, one of the scariest things for me is, is my business self-sustainable Like, if I'm not with it? And it's probably not at the moment. Not yet, but you're still so young. Like, yeah. I think you have to do a lot of what you're doing to, to get to that right. stage. Because I think you, you know, to, most businesses when they're first starting out mm. you've got to have that you've got to have a figurehead almost yeah. and i think like you know there are and sorry just to interject that's also your secret weapon well yeah in a way because you know who runs nike couldn't fucking tell you no but when they were starting out i guarantee you probably could have done yeah yeah and it, i guess that is because i because of because of my mental health issues really yeah I couldn't see me being being that all the way through my business, say in five years. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. Because you probably wouldn't want to be. I think the the whole idea around stigma is that we, we're creating this kind of family of people who who aren't afraid to be who they want to be. Even people have messaged me and said, like, you know, even you don't know who you're inspiring because people. And, that, and that's exactly it. Because you, you might think, like, I really can't be asked to be the kind of figurehead or maybe the dad of the family, whatever you want to call it. But but someone out there probably needs you to be, as daft as that sounds. Yeah. Or maybe not needs you to be, but you, you, you're actually doing a lot of good for them and they might never even speak up. You might even never know who they are. But the fact you're willing to put yourself out there, because you are really honest about your journey and you are really honest about the issues that you have. Not many people are. No. So to see someone who is like that, I can imagine that is massively powerful for a lot of people. And I get, I do get quite a lot of messages of people saying go. that to me and it's nice but <laughs> selfishly you're don't, not. don't don't we get in it do you not think like you'll know this you know you're far more experienced than what i am um but do you not feel like like you said there comes a point where if you hear something negative about it, you know you get so many people going just fucking ignore it you know just blank it out this that and the other and and, and you know if you want to take advice from them don't yeah, you're still focusing on yeah. it. And you go, right, okay. 
and and if you kind of and at one point I thought yeah for if if there's you know because there will people be out there who don't like you and what what you succeed and become jealous or whatever or whatever the reason is right but then I thought well if I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to listen to people who give me good news as well. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, good yeah. Good yeah I'm only going to listen to yeah. the good stuff. Gonna, inflate yeah. my ego. Yeah. yeah nah, like, I, I think for me, I, I think you, it's important to still listen to the negatives. You just got to not focus on them. So I, I do take them on board and like someone pipes up with some negative stuff on, whether it's LinkedIn or oh, don't YouTube. Get me wrong, I reflect on it. But the challenge, and, and I'm not, I probably haven't even found this balance, is you, you, you just focus on it. And that's oh, the danger. So it, you, you need I, to take the rough with a smooth as, if, as well. If something negative comes out, it fucking hits me hard. Yeah. It hits me hard, like big time. And the problem is, I'm probably a bit better at this now than I was, but when I was first starting out, if someone like, I don't know, say a customer complained or one of their end employees who were using it complained or whatever, it'd, it'd wipe me out productivity-wise for the entire day, and like, which is stupid. Yeah. But I, 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 I struggle to sort of put it in a box and put it in the drawer and it off kind of thing yeah. um and i think that that'll come with time and confidence probably in terms of you know you're still very early in the journey of building this brand mm. and over time it shifts and this is probably attached to the whole figurehead thing it shifts from being like what feels like a personal attack on you because you're the figurehead to when you're not the figurehead of the business as much so therefore it's just an attack on the brand and actually like fuck it the brand's big enough and, yeah, and strong and that, enough to, to take I'd love, it i'd love to be at yeah, that point yeah, you know yeah. and you're 100% right, you know, that's exactly how I am. And, and I think in terms of my bipolar and where it can keep me, where you said it can wipe you out for a, for a day or something. Mine could be like weeks. Yeah. Weeks and end. Um, and then something just triggers and I snap out of it and, you know, whatever that may be. But, yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool. Like we've, we, And now I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and um, I like being different in terms of like you know we've just released them well the massive weirdo t-shirts and yeah. we've, just, we've just decided that we're going to be doing like limited edition items every month um and the massive weirdo one is is going to be running out at the end of this month um but we release these t-shirts and probably the first week i probably sold over 100 of them which was which was really you know cool and the fact that it's like we said 75 percent of our customers probably linked in for the next month you think i've got a month's worth of people posting these t-shirts which yeah. is really cool and that's one of the biggest things for me and without those people with stigma wouldn't be anywhere near what it is i know someone who um who, who started a, a clothing brand uh around the same time as me and they're no longer going so i find myself extremely lucky more than anything to be actually going you know what you're not, you're not killing it. You're not smashing it. You're not making oh, a leap. Like I said earlier, mate, slow and steady. But you, you're still going. Yeah, and that's and that's going. all it is with startups. You know, the stats don't lie. How many people go under and all that sort of yeah. stuff. It's slow and steady. All this bullshit you see in the news about these companies who've got X investment, all the it's all fucking ass. All the, all these people who turn over X million, yeah, but you don't make any fucking profit. No. So it's just you, slow and steady is the absolute key. And this to is success. one of the biggest things for me, and obviously talking to you is that. You know, maybe I, I don't, well, not maybe, I don't understand that side of business. And I'll be honest, I don't, you know. I but mean, I, but I, I didn't, and I probably still don't now. Like, the amount of, I'm trying to build GoFound and fucking hell, I'm taking ages for it. And if I'd have been, if I'd have been doing this the first time around, it'd have been dead because I'm, I'm making loads of mistakes. It's sort of like, do as I say, not as I do almost. Um, 
But when I first started, mate, I had fucking no idea. Like, no so when idea. You, when you started, obviously, your previous business yeah. was sold. Yeah. Um, did you have any idea? Because, like, for me, like, and one of the biggest things that I taught, because obviously, like, you watch Dragon's Den or something like that. Yeah. That was, that was the, by the way, that's the extent of my business knowledge when I started okay. Dragon's Den. Well, to be honest with you, yeah, I'd go as far as that and maybe Gary Vee on YouTube sometimes yeah. or something like that. But, um, who can add to another? <laughs> um, but, you know, I watch all these and I'm like, right, and then listen to a few audio books and you think, right, okay, you know, there's no doubt about it. I am fucking winging this whole process. Like, Mate, well, it. this is it. So that, yeah, like. One of the things I want to ask you was, where, at what point did you, like, start understanding, like, how investments work, how how, um, you know, someone potentially would come in and, and want to buy your business. How did you work all that out? Literally as it happened. So everything as it happened. So like, we, I never went for investment. Um, I don't even know how to do it, me, you know. I'm no, well, no, but, but this is, the, but I don't think, I think there's a misconception that because you start a business, you men know what you're doing yeah. and everyone fucks this up because no one knows. And like, so I only now know how the whole process of selling a business works. I fucking did it. Yeah. But when, so I got, funnily enough, the approach for the for sale of my business was through LinkedIn. Mm. So from that message coming in saying like, would you be interested in a collaboration kind of thing? So then the actual exit, I literally had no idea apart from what was in front of me on that day. Mm. Apart from, you can read up on Google and, and, and learn as much as you can, but. But what help did you have to get at that point? Or did you have to like, did you need legal advice? Did you do? Yeah, yeah. So, um numbers wasn't isn't my strong suit um so i had to call in my my accountant and say like this is potentially happening yeah. i need you to make it so i can at least sound like i know what i'm on about <laughs> uh, i called him well i'd actually started working with like a sort of almost like an outsourced financial directory kind of role just in the months running up to it and i said look i'm gonna fuck it again similarly i'm gonna need your help here because i don't really i'm not comfortable speaking to these pretty intelligent people about numbers when I'm yeah. clearly going to make a tit of myself. So they're probably not, are they? They're probably not. No, no, they're just, normal, they're just normal people out <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but you, you, you get this sort of idea in your head. So obviously um, sort of roped him into help me from financial as, as well as my accountant. Then I just spoke to a few other people like locally business owners and said, Oh, do you know any good lawyers? They put me in touch with a lawyer who could then help with the actual process of going through the acquisition. Um, so it's literally just, you know, as it came through the door in terms of what's happening today, oh shit, I need, I need to get a lawyer. And then the lawyer would go, right, yeah, we can do this, but then you've got to do all this fucking work. Mm. So then like part of a sale process, you have to do a whole disclosure document or list of documents. So they send you like, you know, about 10,000 questions. You're like, fucking hell. Mm. But, and I was like, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. But I just left them all in like orange to come back to and then found the answer for it, whether it's asking my accountant or asking. It sounds stupid, but every... And that applies to every stage of the business, right the way from when I first started, not knowing how to set up like the tech side of it through to the sale. Yeah. It was just, I literally just Googled it. And I guess, you know, listening to you say that, and me, there's so many, been so many things of which I've had no idea what to do. Perfect example. You said earlier, like, yeah. you didn't know where to source your stuff from. No. You got a heat press and then it was shit and then you got a different one. Yeah. Like, you just figured and, it out, and, haven't you, really? Yeah. And, and now, like, even to the point where, we're actually manufacturing clothing now. Do you know, like, yeah. you're actually, you know, 
we we work with with um, overseas and stuff, you know. And well, that's a real quick jump. Can I add from going from effectively drop shipping to that in yeah. in how many months? Eight, eight months. months yeah. That's a big big step. I'm not saying that we 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 manufacturing all these garments and stuff, but one of the things that we did do was that like, just a little project I wanted to do was. Um, we actually manufactured a, a football kit from scratch for a yeah. team, you know, and that was so cool for me because I designed that on my laptop. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you talk about fashion design and stuff like that. It's like, no, I sat on Photoshop and I didn't just want it to be a plain red kit. Yeah, like a run of the mill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to add, I'm going to add patterns on to the sleeves. And I trust you made it claret and blue like Scunthorpe United. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> a like Burnley either. Um, so, um, we, so I'd made this like, it was obsidian red and black kit and I thought it was the coolest fucking thing in the world. Like honestly, when I put it through to working with this, you know, company abroad and um, we was putting it through manufacturing with them and they were talking back to me and sizes and, you know, length of this and da da da, da. And I've got thinking, I'm, I've never fucking done this. But you've never done it before. But now when you need to do it, you do that. Yeah. And that's kind of the and point. And the it. best thing was, was when it arrived and he opened the box and the personal reaction, I was so buzzing. And then I looked at it and I thought, mm, I'd change this and I'd change that. And I wish that wasn't like this and I wish not. But I know for a fact now, if I was to do it again, yeah, and that's all the whole process. That, so that is all business is. Yeah. It's just experience and it's about going through because I know like a few people keep asking me questions like oh, when they're starting out. It's like, look, don't sweat. You will get all this. You can't you can't be expected to know all about the different finances, how to market, how to sell, how to make a product. You can't be, you can't know all that straight away. And even, you know, even now I'm working on some new sort of side projects where, uh, so trying to do things that I haven't done before because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. So trying to enter into different areas because like, you know, like, say for example, Hopefully, and they're not too this future going to open up like an office space. Um, I've never fucking done anything with property before, so it's fucking new to me, like a co-working space with private offices. I don't know what I'm fucking doing, but guess what? I'm learning and I'm enjoying learning, and that's the bit I really enjoy about business. It's and the that, learning. That for me, from you know, knowing, knowing that you sold your business and, and you did really well with it and stuff, and you know, hearing somebody say that from that perspective, you've done well in business. They go, I still don't. Mate, I kid you not. If you need an example of someone who did not know what they're doing, I, I literally am it. That's Jordan, founder of Stigma. It's so interesting listening to Jordan's account of his journey and how mental health has contributed both to the source of some frustrations, obviously, but also as a platform to help others. And maybe other founders can also appreciate some of those familiar pain points too. The imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, they're all classic symptoms of starting up on your own because, well, you feel as if you are on your own. But if you're thinking about starting your business, maybe you've just started out or you're busy trying to grow your business, remember you're never really alone. As startup founders, we're all often experiencing the same problems and the same issues. And that's where connecting with people in a similar boat to you can make all the difference. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and you can also find out more about how we're helping businesses get started and connecting founders with our own startup community without the BS over at gofounder.com. A special thanks to Jordan Smith and of course to you for listening to Business Knobs from GoFounder. <laughs>